Rickster That Org podcast coming away, episode 478. Steve Smee and the Rickster Ricky V. Raw in the house. We're going to do another rehash, right? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? Yeah, today we got a good rehash. A um, couple of podcasts ago, we spoke about the summer cutting, the summer era of some cutting. And uh, some of you guys might not have heard. Matter of fact, I know most of you guys have not heard our podcast warning you about clenbuterol, warning you about DMP, two very powerful fat loss drugs that both Steve and I agree pretty wholeheartedly you should not use. However, we do provide really good information about how it is being used, how guys used to historically use it and what the process is. However, all of that information and how to use it effectively, what guys are doing while using these drugs, all that information will come with us chipping the idea that, hey, no need to use such harsh fat burners as Clinburol and DMP. Uh, again, guys, N2Slint.com, N2Burn.com, my two fat burners for the summer, N2Slint.com, N2Burn.com. N2Slint is non non-stimulant. It doesn't use the central nervous system. It doesn't make you hot. It actually works by helping you lose body fat by making your, your fat cells more resistant to that insulin and your, and your actual muscle cells more sensitive to that insulin, really modulating, really helping your body make the most out of that insulin so that you're, so you develop a more statically uh, pleasing look from just being leaner and more, more muscular it's not going to have detrimental effects on you that trying to use something off label like clenbuterol, like DMP that could potentially kill you. Don't use that stuff. Give myself a try. Plus we will have in these podcasts, some of our own ideas as to how or what you should replace these drugs with what you should do instead, what, what practices kind of dietary practices you could continue to have that'll be more beneficial and safer and give you better results even than doing clenbuterol DMP. So uh, what do you have to say about that, Steve? Look, I'm a big advocate for doing this as safely as possible. Whenever you mess around with your heart, you're using these substances like clen that mess with your heart. You're, you're doing yourself a world of hurt. And uh, when I personally used clenbuterol, I felt like I was dying. Okay. On this stuff. I mean, the heartburn, was so freaking bad on the stuff. I don't know if it, what it was. It was some chest pain. I assume it was heartburn, but it hurt so much. I felt like I was dying. I felt like I was having a heart attack on it and I couldn't do cardio on the stuff. So I don't understand why you need to torture yourself, you know, on clenbuterol. But my advice, look, if you want to try it, try it. Just educate yourself, know what you're doing. And if it's not working out for you, just stop using it, okay? Because most people will not react well to clenbuterol. The other compound we're going to talk about is DMP. And DMP is really, really nasty. Uh, this is, that's, that's from episode 366. And I've run DMP a couple of times. And look, any results you get from DMP is going to be just temporary anyway, because it crushes your metabolism. When you come off, you're just going to have a big bounce back. All right. It does a lot of things in your body that people have reported over the years Anything from affecting your eyesight, from uh, changing the way you, uh, you feel, to affecting your sleep, 
to affecting your organs, all kinds of different side effects. The people who push the MP are the ones selling it, okay? That they say, oh, the MP is safe. Look, it's not safe. You can die on the stuff. It can literally cook you from the inside. This stuff doesn't belong in your body, all right? But again, we're educating you on the stuff. We're not here to be your, your mommy and daddy and, and tell you what to use and what not to use. But we're here to kind of educate you on these compounds. So 366 DMP, very important episode. If you're thinking about using DMP, get the facts and listen to the episode. And that, you know, and then and then determine it if it's something you want to go through with. But we want to kind of explain these facts to you. The products, you know, that are out there, you don't have to take things that are going to affect your health in a negative light and affect you long-term, you can take safer options. So yeah, Rick, what else do you want to add before we start it? I'm really excited to re-listen to it. No, I think that's it. Let's start the show. Evolution.org podcast coming your way. This is number 324. Steve Smee here and Rick checking in. Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? We are doing good. We are doing good. So, guys, this is another chemical episode. Let's get right to it. We're going to talk about clenbuterol. It's also called clen. You've probably heard it. What um, podcast number is this? 324. 324, guys. 324. Let's keep it going. Yep. So, guys, so clen, it's the... A lot of people compare it to ephedrine. It's a beta-2 receptor stimulant. And it will allow you to burn stored fat as energy before you reach other sources of fuel. So we're going to talk about in this podcast how effective it really is. Um, It's been approved in certain European countries as an asthma drug. Not in the United States, though. Not in the United States. It's very, very important to understand that. But it's been found in livestock with farming worldwide. And the reason for that is they give it to the animals to increase fat-free lean mass so the animals get more muscles and less fat. So I'm going to bring in Rick to talk a little bit about the history of clenbutrol. Obviously, we're talking about it because it's a fat loss drug that bodybuilders use off label so let's talk about the history and see how we kind of got clenbutrol uh in bodybuilding well clenbutrol was first patented in 1967 and it came into medical use around 1977 it does take sometimes decades for these drugs to find their place sometimes they're developed for one purpose and then in testing they figure out that it has other effects And a lot of times, some of these drugs will go into production and use for decades, and we won't fully understand pharmacologically how they work. We just know that human bodies can tolerate them, and so we take them, and they have some benefit, but a lot of times, we don't fully understand them. In the case of clenbuterol, it was approved for use as a bronchodilator for asthma in some countries. And like Steve said, it was also used in livestock. So your livestock wouldn't be as fatty, be a more muscular, more muscular uh, animal. In the United States, it was never really widely used or, or really used for asthma or, or even livestock. 
the only allowed uses in the U.S. were on horses that had trouble breathing. And this was horses because, because humans wouldn't consume the horse, obviously. These were either work animals. Tlambuta was banned in horse racing competitions, obviously, because he would give horses a, an unfair advantage. But it was allowed for, for work animals that were not to be consumed by, by humans. So from the very start in the U.S., clambuterol was just never really something that the government wanted people to be using or, or for the animals that people were consuming to be using. Around the world, clambuterol was used as a bronchodilator. I remember in steroid users and athletes, other athletes obviously started using it in their regimen. It, it, is, it is a very uh, strong stimulant, so you will get some energy from it. It burns fat. It definitely will raise your temperature to help you burn fat. And also it will uh, help promote fat burning at your cells. When I first got online and I started researching steroids online back in the in 2000, 2001, remember I used to get online with a uh, 14.7K modem, I think it was, uh, through, through America Online. And some of the first websites that I saw from sources overseas that were selling steroids, and they would give you sample cycles. Many of these sources would put clenbuterol in at the end of your cycle, like during where your PCT would be. And the reason for that is because clenbuterol is, 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 has been also known as an anti-catabolic and maybe a bit of a muscle builder. So because clenbuterol was known to help you not lose muscle mass, obviously, when you're cutting and also maybe help you build a little bit of muscle, some people thought. And it wasn't suppressive to your, uh, to your natural production. Many uh, European sources and European bodybuilders, I'm sure, were adding clenbuterol during their PCT and even sometimes before cycle. Because folklore is also that clenbuterol helps you clear your androgen receptors after cycle, you know, upregulate them, all these things to just make your androgen receptors way more sensitive to your later cycles. Now, uh, nowadays today, uh, clenbuterol, in my opinion, maybe Steve will tell me differently, I think has kind of fallen out of favor quite a bit. Albuterol seems to be a, a better and safer option than clenbuterol. And also there are some over-the-counter, some are kind of grayish area now banned stimulants that are just, just do a much better job than clenbuterol ever did at burning fat and that help you suppress appetite and all these things. So because it is, clenbuterol has surely taken a hit in popularity, in my opinion, but I don't know. What, what do you think, Steve? Uh, I, I mean, that's, that's it for the history of it, but what do you think, Steve? Do you think? Well, yeah, let's talk about the history. Um, so we can go back maybe 15, 20 years, um, 10, 15, 20 years. Celebrities made clenbuterol blow up, Okay. Um, Britney Spears, Lindsay Lohan, Victoria Beckham, Nicole Richie, more and more, especially female celebrities, have used clenbuterol, and it's helped them get get lose a lot of fat. But we also have a lot ones that have actually talked about their clenbuterol use, such as Ashley Mayer. She was a an LA fitness model. She used clenbuterol for many years. She dropped, she says she dropped 10 pounds right away using it. And, but the problem is over time, she said that clenbuterol actually backfired because it screwed up her metabolism. She said she got addicted to it. 
and she couldn't get back um, her initial weight loss um, when she came out. So it's a nice, it gives you a nice uh, rebound effect when you stop using it. So she says that after she stopped using cleanse, she actually uh, gained 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds. Um, and she was like, man, what the heck is going on here? So, you know, we see a perfect example of how something can work in the short term, but then in the long term, it's not an effective weight loss um, product. And that's why it's kind of fallen off in bodybuilding because we have so much better options when it comes to weight, uh, fat loss and weight loss now that are more permanent than just taking clenbuterol, losing five or 10 pounds, being miserable on it, frankly, and then you're gaining it all back. You know, so, you know, we're going to talk about some of the, the side effects too um, when it comes to clenbuterol, but um, yeah, I'm not a fan of it personally at all. I've used it a couple times and um, you know, I'm not a fan of it, but the guys that you do use clenbuterol, the guys and gals, yes, they use it exclusively as a fat loss trial they'll use it in a cycle when they're trying to cut and there are studies that show it can increase your fat-free mass and increase your basal metabolic rate your bmr and it also has some anti-catabolic and anabolic properties at least that's what the studies and on paper show but in real life we've come to find out that's not really the case um so yes, you, some people react really well to clenbuterol. They'll lose some weight in the short term, but in the long term, it's not going to help you lose weight and it can't actually backfire on you. Yeah. Some of the bro science uh, from the sources and everybody around the way with clenbuterol throughout the years was that it one decreased cortisol. So it decreased catabolic hormones and two that it made your muscle cells more sensitive, the androgen receptors in your cells more sensitive to the to your just regular testosterone or whatever you were taking. Has the reason uh, some sources twenty years ago I'm talking about obviously right su would suggest you use clenbuterol on the way out of your cycle to help quote unquote solidify your gains and so yeah you don't lose all of your muscle mass because it worked as an it's an anti catabolic and your muscles would would do more with with the natural testosterone production you could make. So this, this is, I don't think there's a, there's a lot of studies out there to support this more than just uh, user anecdotes, but that is what the, what the word was out there about it. And, and I've noticed that in the last few years, the, the thinking about clenbuterol has changed. People no longer regard it. The, all the stuff I'm saying, people no longer think about clenbuterol that way as an anti-catabolic, as a, muscle builder as a, a, a post cycle, uh, as a good post cycle therapy drug. Uh, do you agree, Steve? I've used it a couple times. I can tell you that, um, around the time I was using it, I was doing a lot of cardio as my, you know, in my exercise re regimen along with weight training. And it really just destroyed my cardio. And I just like, I was taking it and I would get this nasty, nasty heartburn while I was on it. And this started happening like the third or fourth day I was on it. I started getting this horrible heartburn and I was just like going lay down on my bed. And I felt like I was having like a heart attack or a stroke or something. It was so bad. And then I stopped taking it and it took like two or three days for that side effect to go away. And then maybe a few months later, I was like, you know what? Let me try it again. So I tried it again. Same thing. Third or fourth day starting this horrible heartburn absolutely destroyed my cardio. 
I used to go run laps. There was a school near my house and I used to go there after work and just run laps around the track, the football track they had there. And on Clembutrol, oh my gosh, it just killed my endurance. I couldn't even run around the freaking track for four laps without getting winded on it. So it really does a number on your heart health and on your stomach and everything. How about you, Ray? What kind of size did you get? Yeah, if, you, if you're just using it to help increase performance, a little tiny bit will do you. If you need it to lose fat, then you have to use more. And then now it starts to raise your heart rate. So now you have less cardio. So, I mean, it is banned from sports because it, if you use a small enough amount, it can help. And it help you stay leaner too. You know, I, so my relationship with stimulants has been, has been a little bit weird in, in the following regards. See, I, I do well in stimulants, love caffeine, love your handy, did well in ephedra. Even though ephedra, I felt like it made my dick just shrivel a little bit. That fucking ephedra just made your dick feel like it just wasn't getting all the way up. It's weird. Clen felt a little bit like that, but not, not so much. When it comes to helping people that, that are trying to lose body fat and, and they want to use stimulants, you have to be really conscious of, of what you're actually doing with the stimulants, especially clenbuterol. You shouldn't use clenbuterol as a, as a way to mask the fact that you just have, you know, just bad, bad habits, bad eating habits. You don't exercise enough. You know, that, that short-term energy and fat loss you get from clenbuterol, if the lifestyle is not there afterwards when you get off this stuff, you'll be right back to where you started, maybe worse off. So clenbuterol, maybe, if, and I, you'll hear, hear this on the, of this podcast a lot. Maybe if you're uh, competing, you got a photo shoot, and you're already 10, 9% body fat and you need to shave just an extra 2% in the next couple of weeks here to, to get to get where you need to go, to, to look the way you need to look. I can see Clint really working in for you on a time schedule like that. But not if you're like coming off a of quarantine and you're a little bit fat and you just want to have a, a beach body in a little bit less time. So you're just going to, put your body through the stress of clenbuterol just to lose body fat a couple, just a few weeks quick, quicker, just a few weeks quicker than you would with just good, good eating habits and living habits. So definitely uh, clenbuterol, when it comes to making the decision to use clenbuterol, I, unless you have a certain date that you need to be a certain look by, there's no reason to add it in if you find yourself just a little bit chubby and you really want to get that chubbiness off, then just diet down, lifestyle, good habits, and don't fuck with the stimulants. You, you shouldn't. You know what I mean? What do you think, Steve? I mean, I, I guess you answered a question. I mean, I don't, we don't, I guess we're trying to tell people out there, we're, we're giving you all the information on, on clenbuterol today, but we're telling you, you shouldn't use, you should not use clenbuterol as a fat loss uh, crutch. It's your lifestyle and your habits and your diet and your consistency with training. That's where, that's, that's what should be your foundation to your staying lean. Not having to use clenbuterol a couple of times per year 
just to just to stay in the low teens in body fat. You're just doing damage to your body, and it's just unnecessary and it's unjustifiable. What do you say? I think most people who take Clan don't like it. There's a very small percentage who absolutely love it. Um, I'd say ninety percent don't. So if you're in that 10%, you might like it. It might give you good results. So some of the side effects, we really have to go over this because Clen really does a number on your body. Heart problems, blood pressure issues, overheating, that's a big one. If you're running this stuff and you live in a hot climate, I mean, you'll feel like death on it. You're going to sweat on it. You might get some anxiety, some heartbeat issues, dizziness, the shakes. That's another thing I got. Start, you start shaking during the day. You'll be like shaking. So I don't really like messing with these types of beta agonist type of stimulants and not even like caffeine. I don't even mess with caffeine because I don't want anything running my body. I want my, I want my brain running my body. I don't want a drug running my body. See, I, I love stimulants, love caffeine, live on that stuff. I just... I didn't think Clan was that great compared to everything else, all the other stimulants you can do to just keep yourself going and stuff. Maybe as an appetite suppressant. But it doesn't work like it doesn't work like co- like caffeine from coffee though. That's a thing. It's not like a something, it's not like something that- Oh no, it's an adrenaline. It's a different listen, it's a different it's a different high. Okay, it's like an adrenaline kind no, of No, but it's not really a high though. It's not like you drink coffee that are real. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's an opera. I guess I'm just calling it a high, but yeah, oh yeah, it's different. Clenbuterol is is acting like like adrenaline in your in your system where caffeine is just blocking the hormone that would make you sleepy. It's just blocking it. While now clen is is acting like it's adrenaline in your body. So let's go over, Rick, the dosages if you do decide to use Clen, and then we're going to talk about what you need to stack with it because there are some supplements you need to stack of it, like like taurine and potassium and electrolytes. So I'm going to let you talk about that, but I'm going to go over the, the dosages. So usually with Clen, you want to start out with 20 to 40 micrograms a day. Um, and then what you do is you gradually increase it slowly now women you're gonna run half that to start so women 10 to 20 men 20 to 40 micrograms and then you're gonna gradually increase every few days you maybe increase it by 10 or 20 micrograms and then you'll get up to you know a certain amount for men i got up to probably 120 micrograms and my side effects were crazy 120 maybe 140 at the most so really i don't see a point of going higher than that and women you know you don't need to exceed 80 maybe a hundred micrograms at most. And then there's some people that say, you know, run it two weeks on two weeks off, but there's other people that say two weeks on two weeks off is not going to be effective because the real um, fat loss really doesn't kick in with clen until four or five, six weeks into it. So they'll say, run it. You've got to run it for quite a while um, for, to get the best results out of it. So, but you know, the two weeks on two weeks off is like a conservative way to run it but it's just not going to give you the results if you run it for four to six weeks straight. And uh, if you can survive uh, the side effects, but the reason you gradually increase it is because if you just jump on it and start running hundred, 120 micrograms right off the bat, you know, it can cause problems. If you have existing heart issues, it's going to make your existing heart issues way worse. And if you have anxiety issues, it's going to make your anxiety way worse. 
So you want to just kind of gradually increase it. And then when the side effects start getting annoying, then you stop increasing it and you stick to that, that dosage. And then you roll with that for the duration of the amount of time you're taking it. And Clen is not hormonal, so it's not going to shut you down or suppress you or anything like that. Um, when it comes to hormones, like, you know, the testosterone, um, but it can do other stuff to your metabolic health. So Rick, come in, chime in on that, and also chime in on what you should be using while you're taking clenbuterol because of the nasty pumps that you can get from clenbuterol. Yeah, and clenbuterol is not the dosis. The dosing doesn't, it's not dependent on weight. I've seen housewives that need, you know, 40, 60 micrograms to really feel it. And then I've come across football players that can't tolerate 20 micrograms because it makes their heart jump out of their chest. You know, so it doesn't matter how big you are, really your tolerance to stimulants. It's really what it's going to determine what your ideal dosing is if you're going to use Clen. Definitely taurine, definitely electrolytes, Pedialyte, coconut water. These are all nice things to take when you're on Clen. It's going to make you sweat more. Your temperature is going to be higher. You're going to be losing body fat, burning more calories. So add in electrolytes and add in taurine also. The pumps for sure is uh, it's really important when, when you're, when you're uh, messing with clenbuterol. And yeah, just to, to, get, to get your money's worth out of a diet. The one thing that, I've, that has really kept me away from clenbuterol all these years, really kept me away from it is is running the chance at enlarging in my heart. I'm already using steroids, which could and will enlarge in my heart. But Clen seems to be, from everything I've ran across and seen throughout the years, it, it seems to be more dangerous than testosterone or other steroids for growing, you know, for, for enlarging your heart and and that's just something I'm, I'm, I'm just not, something I, I'm really afraid of. So, uh, uh, so that's kept me away from, from Clen because that's just, you know, we, as we're going along in this journey, right, trying to look our best, trying to look better, trying to look incredible, you've got you've to weigh the risks with the benefits. And in my opinion, Taking something that's just going to make me burn fat quicker, quicker, because I can still burn that fat. It'll just take me longer without the clan, right? I'll just more consistent, more time. I'll still burn that fat. It's just making me burn fat quicker. But I might, but my heart might be larger from here on out because of it. it the, the risk is just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. So I've, I've tried it a couple of times, but stayed away from it mostly. And, you know, mess with other stimulants uh, to help me get through my day. And as far as appetite suppression, just, uh, I mean, Steve knows, just cutting out the carbs, simple sugars, that'll go a long way helping you not have cravings. And you don't, you don't, you don't really need any of that. And honestly, didn't even do anything for my cravings or appetite at all, to be honest with you. So maybe it just made me so sick that I didn't want to eat. <laughs> you know, you know, but, uh, for, you know, for I mean, for me, it helped with appetite a little bit, but then, then again, caffeine 
helps me with appetite anyway. The time I get a little bit of a stimulant, it does help with with appetite suppression. And I, yeah, I think Clen really did make my stomach turn a little bit. Probably it's the reason. You know, Hudia Gordonia uh, made made me feel the same way. I didn't want to eat, but I felt like my my stomach was turning on. Yeah, that's probably not a good thing for your uh, gut health at all to have something that does that. So, guys, N2Guard, if you do decide to use Clen, don't abuse it. And then definitely get on N2Guard because the cramps are really nasty on, on Clen. You'll notice, like, it'll feel like your back will start cramping up and stuff. And you really, really have to be on the N2Guard because the N2Guard has a lot of taurine in it. And that's going to save you when it comes to having those cramps. So it's a must on Clen. I recommend 7 to 10 caps of N2Guard a day if you, if you do decide to, to run uh, Clen. And, and, and you'll get your multivitamins, multiminerals in there too. Most guys running clenbuterol are obviously uh, cutting their calories down on, on a deficit. You're trying to lose body fat, right? So adding the Antugard, not only will it give you that taurine, and, but you're also going to get vitamins and minerals, which you're going to need, especially if you're not eating as much as, as you used to. All right, guys, we covered everything on clenbuterol. Next episode, we're going to talk about albuterol, which is the baby cousin of clenbuterol. For Steve Smee and Rick, has been another episode of Evolutionary Radio. Take care. We'll talk to you guys next week. Enjoy. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program. Or podcast coming away. This is number 366 DNP, the compound we're going to talk about in this compound episode. Steve Smee here and the Rickster in the house. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? Good, good. All right, guys. So we're going to go over DNP. DNP is a 2,4 denitrophenol. It's a chemical product historically used as an antiseptic, herbicide, and explosive. Uh, bodybuilders starting getting a hold of DMP back in the day. Um, you know, we think probably late 80s, early 90s. Um, maybe some of the started getting more light, widespread toward the mid 90s. Celebrities um, maybe started using it um, along with stuff like clenbutrol uh, as a fat loss bodybuilding compound. And, uh, you know, we know that some pro bodybuilders, you know, mess around with it, especially in the 90s for its rapid fat loss benefits you know but it is an extremely dangerous compound we're going to talk about why that is we're going to talk about some of the side effects uh, that you're going to get on it i've run it a couple times um i talked about it on the last podcast i was um you know offered an opportunity to write some articles do some videos on dmp i had not used it i told the person hey i don't write stuff unless i've actually done these things so I told them, hold off, I'll do them, I'll do them in a, uh, down the line. So I ran DMP a couple times, then I decided to uh, write those articles about DMP once I gain experience with it. I think that's very important to do when it comes to stuff like this. But, you know, we're going to go over this. 
Um, so the history behind DMP, I'm going to give you a little lay down on it. And Rick's kind of going to get into it because Rick was involved back in the old forum when someone had actually passed away from it. So um, he's going to kind of talk about that. But, you know, dating back to the 1930s, uh, DMP was around um, and the FDA pulled it off the market once they realized how dangerous this was. I thought I thought the history was my thing. Yeah, yeah, I was just getting the lay down, and I'm going to bring you in. I just wanted to kind of yeah, like you're already dropping the dates and everything. I prepare the history for this thing, and you're just gonna you're just gonna take it away from me. <laughs> you have that little to say about it that you're going to do history today on the. No, I have a lot to say about it, but I'm going to bring you in. I'm going to bring you in, Rick, to do the history because you're the history guy. I just wanted to bring to lead into it, but you're the history guy. I'm not going to steal you. <laughs> you talk about the history. How about that? But you have to mention that story about the Soviets who used it during World War II because I like that story. That's it. Okay, I'll let, I'll let you do the Soviet story now. I'll talk uh, about okay, it. Okay, so, yeah, so the rumor was during World War II when the Soviets were battling, you know, the Germans in that snow, okay, freezing temperatures. They actually took DMP and it kept them warm even in those cold conditions. And I, when I ran DMP, I can confirm that it did keep me hot. So DMP, not a good idea to use it. If you live in a hot climate, you know, very, very brutal. So yes, it does definitely heat up your body. We'll talk about the science behind that in a little bit, but Rick, tell us, tell us about the other history. I'm curious about. So DMP has been around for a long, long time, over a hundred years ago. Um, it, we just figured out that people that were handling dynamite or messing or just handling DMP tended to lose weight pretty, uh, pretty quickly. Also, people had uh, some people died from it early on. There were 36 munition factory workers in France and 27 in the U.S. that lost their lives uh, due to DMP poisoning. Uh, this is around World War One, So munition factories workers were losing their, their lives just be coming in contact with it. Then around 1933, it was, it was released. Um, it, it was released as a, as a diet pill. You know, it's funny enough that people were concerned about losing fat and getting skinny with diet pills as early as, as early as the 1930, 1933, the DMP, it was only on the market as a diet aid for about 19, from about 1933 to 1938. And then uh, it was a, a cutting and, and tainter at Stanford University that made the first report, report on how the compound substantially increased metabolic rate. And basically it was pulled off the market around 1938 because the FDA realized that the stuff was, was dangerous. Uh, in 1952, it was pulled off the market in the UK and added to uh, the poisonous uh, substance list. So really early on, uh, really early on, people, you know, we've tried it for weight loss and then it was taken off the market because it was just it was just hurting people. Uh, a lot of the side effects reported were people overheating, some people dying from it, some people having really bad, bad results. The annual report of the American Association of Poison Control Centers identified 18 DMP poisoning fatalities between 2013 and 2018 in the U.S. The Swedish Poison Information Center has reported three fatal cases between 2012 and 2013. And forensic analysis of DMP is not routinely performed, so the true number of deaths from DMP might even be higher. And DMP may not be able, may not be detected uh, post mortem 
on blood samples. So that's also uh, another reason uh, a lot a lot of uh, DMP deaths might be slipping by. In 2003, someone selling DMP was sentenced to five years in prison for mail fraud with uh, the FDA's OCI investigation, having gathered evidence, evidence that the vendor was encapsulating DMP the, the, encapsul- the vendor's encapsulation of DMP was neither accurate nor was it sanitary. Some dude doing it at home um, basically got sentenced. Um, one of his customers died and another one was in a coma for 10 days. That's what prompted the investigation. In 2018, a seller in the United Kingdom was convicted of manslaughter for selling DMP as a quote-unquote fat burner for human consumption. The guy took it to retrial in 2020, so this year, to the English Court of Appeals, and he was once again convict, convicted of gross negligence manslaughter. In 2019, a company selling DMP in the UK was found guilty of, quote-unquote, uh, placing unsafe food products in the market, and they were fined €100,000. The director of the company was given a suspended prison sentence. Another seller in California was sentenced to three years in prison for selling DMP as diet pills in in 2020. That happened this year. And in 2020, this year, a man from North Carolina was sentenced to the maximum sentence of seven years in prison after three of his customers died from DMP poisoning. So you're looking at a, a, a compound that sent a lot of people to the cemetery, a lot of people to the hospital, and a lot of people to jail. It's really a very hard, strong compound. And that's just some of the history of it. It's been around for over 100 years. It was used as a dietary supplement only for about eight years. And then it was taken off the market. So uh, why does it make it a resurgence? I think uh, it'll be a good a good uh, comp uh, it'll be a good uh, subject for uh, Steve and I to approach. So that's pretty much on the history of it from the way back until now. So uh, you hit it, Steve. What was the history when you first back on the old EF board? Were guys using it a lot? Um, so uh, back in the nineties, maybe late. 90s? I, it, well, I was I was just getting started in the nineties. I, I was really on the boards around nineteen ninety nine through nineteen two thousand two thousand one. And then I left for a while, took a break off, and then I, I came back in, in at the end of uh, 2004, um, went to a different uh, job, different things. And basically, by the time I came back in, in 2004, uh, DMP Guru, I believe was the guy's name, um, or it was Asian DMP or Asian bodybuilder, something like that. And uh, he had sold some DMP around, and one of the EF members uh, was a kid who uh, who died from taking it and basically the they tracked the guy down tracked down the seller and put him in jail it was a big to do by the time 2004 uh, end of 2004 rolled around and i came back around to uh to ef uh, to early early 2005 my, my memory isn't it's not that far back now um it, this was already done and over with and DMP was already a, a banned word on the forums. DMP was no longer, you couldn't talk about it on the forums anymore. It just wasn't allowed. It wasn't kosher anymore. It wasn't an allowed conversation because it was putting, it was putting people health because it was killing people straight up. So the, the administrator of elite fitness at the time decided that, Hey, 
we already are talking about some pretty uh, strong, powerful compounds that could have long-term side effects. How about we stay away from anything that could cause immediate death the way DMP does? So I, I don't, I wasn't there for, for the whole case, for the, you know, for the cops coming over to the elite fitness offices to talk to the, to the guy in charge, to the admin that I wasn't there for. I was kind of back around for the aftermath and um, I was back around for the aftermath. And basically that's, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't until about 2005 and early 2005 that I was, I was working in the, in the league fitness offices. Uh, before then I was just a forum guy and I, and I stepped away from the forums for a few years. So really I, I wasn't there. I wasn't, I was neither on the forums nor at the office when the whole DMP thing went on. I, I heard about it afterwards. And, you know, even then uh, in 2005, there were still some guys still underground in DMP still thinking and saying that the only reason uh, this kid passed away is because he, he misused it. He, he, he didn't do it right. But somehow DMP had some merit and, and guys could still use it. And I'm, I'm sure I got sent some, uh, some DMP samples or some, some, at some point, but I just never messed with it, never used it. I, I don't know. I mean, we'll get more into the podcast of why I think nobody should use DMP and, why I think it's just uh, maybe a sign of uh, of just you not being mentally healthy to have to resort to using DMP really, but something something to talk about and and yeah no I mean I don't I don't I don't really know the specifics of the case to be honest with you. Well, let's get let's educate people on DMP what it is. So for fat loss specifically, the way DMP works is it raises your body temperature and metabolic rate rapidly uh to really high levels it induces proton leakage from the mitochondria and that causes your body to burn more fuel to yield the same amount of atp which is the primary carrier of energy within your cells so that makes your body use more energy to do anything so literally walk into your mailbox it's it's going to cause you to you know burn a crap load of fat now if you see my posts and the forums and and all this stuff i always talk about calories in calories out is a real thing, but it's misleading. And the reason is, is your calories out changes all the time based on what you eat, based on what you do, based on your hormones, based on all kinds of things. So it's impossible to count calories and have success long-term for that reason. Well, with DMP, when you're taking DMP, your calories out is elevated to a strata sky high levels. So you know, it's hard to basically out eat how many calories you're going to be burning on this stuff. If you do any sort of exercise, like literally walking down the street, you're going to be burning a ton of calories than, than you would normally. So that's how, that's how it burns fat. Um, so it, it makes the food that you're eating have to be used for the energy. It doesn't give your body a chance to store that food as energy to be used at a later date. So that's why it's such a good fat burner, but it's not really a good fat burner. And, and I'm going to explain why, because when you're taking it, you actually retain water on it. The body is smart. The body's not stupid. You can't outsmart your body. So when you're taking this stuff, you'll, you know, people who take it will actually notice their, their body weight does not go down on it. They actually start retaining a lot of water on it. And then when they stop taking it, that water comes out 
And then for the next couple of days, they'll lean out a lot, but then they're just going to gain everything back because you have a, a rebound effect. So it's not an effective fat burner in the, in, in the intermediate term. It'll only burn the fat initially when you're taking it. But then when you come off of it, you're just going to gain everything back because your metabolic rate is going to slow back down rapidly. So you'll get like a rebound effect. So it really is a really crappy fat burner and it's not a permanent fat burner. So it's, you know, it doesn't really make sense to use it. So I'll give you an example. Like some studies done on animals show a 60% metabolic rate increase. And, you know, in humans, if you're exercising on it, it's going to be even higher. So, you know, there's people that lose so much weight on it and then they just gain it all back because your metabolic rate does not stay elevated when you come off of it. Your metabolic rate actually crashes. So it really, it really is a, a really poor fat burner besides the side effects. And, you know, let's talk about the side effects. We're talking sweating is insane. If you eat something on it, carbs, carb heavy foods, you just start sweating instantly. You're going to smell nasty. You're, you're going to have yellow body, bodily fluids. Dehydration is very, very severe. You can get yourself, you can kill yourself just on the dehydration alone, not even from the compound. Electrolyte depletion. Your electrolytes are going to be way off when you're taking this stuff. Big, big problem. Your thyroids, again, your body's smart. Your thyroids, Rick, are going to slow down when you're on it. Then when you come off, you're going to have a slow thyroid. So what happens when you have a slow th- thyroid? Your metabolic rate slows down. So now the calories out is going to be very, very low. So really in the end, if you're a fat person, you take DMP for, for a week or two, and then you come off of it a week or two after that, you're probably going to gain everything and some. So it's really, really a poor fat burning. You don't hear people taking DMP who have good things to say about it for that reason. You don't hear people with success stories from taking DMP because the body is smart, guys. You're going to retain water on it. And you're going to destroy your thyroid on it. So it's, it does the opposite effects. You're going to have a hard time breathing, shortness of breath. There's people with permanent vision problems from taking DMP. You guys can look this up on forums. They, they complain. They say their vision changed appetite your appetite is going to change sometimes permanently blood sugar levels are going to get thrown off and then the last one is death of course death is a real possibility with dmp cataracts was one of the side effects that was cited as one of the reasons it was uh taken off the market and considered dangerous uh, a lot of folks can get uh cataracts from using dmp so you guys can look this up i'm just gonna give you three deaths that made the news from DMP. One of them, she was a very beautiful med, med student. Um, she was 23 years old. She had suffered. She, she was not overweight or anything, but she had suffered from some, some issues, um, some eating disorders, uh, anorexia, and then bulimia. So she was one of those people. She looks beautiful and everything, but she thinks she's fat. So when you're in that situation, you know, you're like, oh my God, I got to take something. I got to lose weight. I lose weight. So she took it and she ended up, she ended up dying. And, um, another, another girl, she was a couple years older. She died in 2007 from taking DMP as well. And she came from the same country uh, in the UK. Another one was a guy, 21 years old. He was a little, little overweight. He looked like, um, a little nerd, you know, he's a little bit of a, a nerdy side. 
probably one of these guys he thought you know hey i could just take some dmp lose some fat maybe it'd score me some more chicks but he took 20 pills this was in 2018 and then he called for help and he his words were his body was burning that's what he told them he felt like his body was burning so he took 20 pills of this stuff so let's say he took 200 milligrams times 20 i mean that's a lot of dmp um and the problem with it as we're going to uh, this is very important to mention is the half-life is very very long in this stuff so 36 hour half-life meaning half of it's going to be in your system after 36 hours and then half of it is going to be half of that is going to be in your system after 36 hours so this stuff can take two three four days to to get out of your system so if you have 20 pills it's going to take them three four days for that shit to be out of his system so his body temperature went up so much that he literally cooked himself from the inside so you go to the hospital, they're having to ice you down. They're having to, they're, they're freaking out. They're, they're like, what is this? What'd you do? What is this stuff? You put this stuff in your body. We can't get your body temperature down. It's impossible because this stuff is in your system so long. So it's just a brutal, brutal death. It's like cooking. It's like, it's like lighting a match inside your body and cooking yourself, Rick. It's very, very bad. And then there's another one. Uh, this was a 21-year-old. Um, and this 21-year-old decided to, take it and uh, they bought it she had no idea about how dangerous this stuff was she just read about it on online and she ordered it from this guy's website and she ended up um she ended up it says here she uh ended up really really screwing herself up and the guy then ended up getting arrested this is a different guy this was over in london and this guy had been selling it uh, basically it cost them it says here 450 dollars to buy a drum of this stuff, $450. And he, he, he made over a quarter million dollars from sell, reselling it. And that's insane. So, and he ended up, one of, the, one of his customers ended up being this girl who ended up killing herself 21 years old. So yeah, this is really, really bad. And no amount of jail time can make up for, for uh, this, uh, these young people all, all dying from this stuff. It's, it's just bad, bad news, guys. Bad, bad news. Yeah, and one of the reasons I don't even find it being something that's that's that good for fat loss, I mean, it 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 makes you hungry as hell. It doesn't help curb appetite at all. It just makes you hungry and hot and sweaty. You know that that's the real problem with it is that it makes you really hungry, hot, and sweaty, and that's a that's a real issue with it that you know you have to consider when you mess with it so definitely guys it's just um go back to the, our last podcast where we discussed the mp lightly probably fasting is the best way to go if you're trying to lose body fat and you're really in a hurry because that's part of the problem that i see with the mp use is this is just for people that are just in an incredible hurry you know they're in a real real hurry and and so they, they use DMP. You can only use it for about 10, 15 days, right? Have you heard of anybody taking it longer than that, Steve? 10 to 15 days? I've not heard any sane person who took it longer than that because I when I took it, I couldn't stand it after a few days. I couldn't stand the stuff. Maybe it makes you feel tired. Makes you feel groggy. It. Yeah. You're basically poisoning yourself. Pretty and much. it makes you hungry as hell. You compare that to just saying doing a water fast. For 10 days 
you're going to feel euphoric some of those days. You will be a little bit tired, but not DMP tired. You'll be, you know, you'll be a little bit more groggy, a little bit less energetic than usual, especially after the first three, four days on a water fast. But you're not going to be DMP tired. And also, when it comes to fasting, after about day four, day five, that hunger kind of kind of starts to go away. You know, you start to you start to not feel that that overwhelming hunger anymore. And after you break your fast, you've actually killed that hunger. You won't be as hungry anymore unless obviously you let your eating habits go to shit. When it comes to DMP, you're fucking hungry all day. Do you experience that too, Steve? The hunger just you're hungry every time you a whole time you were on it? Um, it wasn't, it wasn't, that was a dehydration that really was tough. The dehydration, the, uh, yellow stuff like yellow, uh, spit, yellow urine, yellow, everything like the stuff would get on my fingers. It was yellow stuff on my finger. I didn't really have an issue with, with the hunger. I felt like crap on it. And when I feel like crap, I don't get hungry. So but other people, you know, they might have a different, um, reaction. But it wasn't that bad with, with the hunger. I could tell you when I would eat something, I just break out in a sweat like instantly. So, you know, and I didn't, I didn't run that much of it. Um, we see guys run 200, 300 milligrams. I've seen guys run even more up to 600 milligrams a day. The problem with that is if the place you get it from dosed it incorrectly, if they overdose it, dosed it, you're buying stuff from these guys, random people online it's not a pharmacy you're buying it from. What happens if they, uh, you think you're taking 200 milligrams, you're really taking 2000 milligrams. Then what? Guess what? You're dead. You're dead. 2000 milligrams is going to kill you. You'll cook yourself from the inside and there's nothing you can do about it. Even if you figure it out, what happens if you, if you take the wrong amount in the first place and you figure it out after all oh, like, Oh shit, I took the wrong amount. You're dead. There ain't nothing you can do. You go to the hospital, you tell them I took DMP. They're going to be like, I don't, we don't know what DMP is. Then they'll look it up and they'll be like, oh, you took an explosive? They're like, um, okay. They're, they're probably going to be like, uh, you know, why should we waste our time with this person when you got other people over here dying from other stuff to, to no fault of their own? This idiot took, took an explosive, you know? You know what I'm saying? So you're dead. I mean, you're dead. Your, your body temperature is going to go up. You're not going to be able to bring it back down. So this stuff is not made anywhere in any good solid compounding labs or anywhere reliable. This stuff is always everywhere made in just bathtubs. And there isn't, there isn't a lot of room for error with DMP, but there is a lot of errors that go on in bathtub brewing. So you're basically taking something that someone bathtub brewed for you where they could have made a mistake. The guy could be on drugs for all you know when he's mixing the stuff for you and the capsules might have the wrong amount in them. And then you're thinking you're taking a certain amount, but you're not. Or you get or you think your tolerance is is a is a certain amount, but then when you get towards the bottom of your of your bottle or bag of DMP, those capsules are extra loaded. And so you take more and you could die. You could die or spend a few days in the hospital. Also, DMP stays in your body for a long time. And so it's not like you can just decide, oh, oh, shit, I took too much. I'm going to write this out and then I'll be fine. Like you would with maybe another stimulant or, or, or some other things. 
uh, no, man, you're in for a long ride. Also, if you have children or animals, you don't want to leave, leave this stuff around. I mean, look, if your kid gets, if your kid gets a hold of your, uh, God forbid, of your anavar, your winstrel or something like that, starts chewing on it, the chances of them being seriously hurt of chewing on some on some anabar windshield that you left around, which you shouldn't, it's incredibly responsible to do that. Or your dog getting into your your pill bile. I mean, the, the chances of them being seriously hurt from one episode, one time, one time getting into your your steroids, it's pretty small. Now, the chances of your child or your animal uh, dying from getting a hold of your tablets, your kid could pop the tablets open in its hands. It could go through its pores. You know, there's just so much room for error and so much room for, for this stuff to, to be harmful. Uh, it's one of the reasons it was used in war. It's because it can get through your pores. Steve, was it used as a weapon or am I getting my information wrong? I thought I've, I can't remember recall where, but I think I heard from my research it was used as a weapon as well. No, uh, I I don't I don't know about that one, man. I'll have to look yeah. that one. Up. But it does I, get through your pores, right? Pretty easily. DMP does. Um, it, it, back when they used to have it around in factories and stuff, the people would not even be ingesting it, and they'd still get the effects from it, just yeah. from being around it, just from touching it, just, just from, from being it. close to it. It's just like when people who keep Clorox or pesticides in their house you still are exposed to it just be buying close to it. Just like Chernobyl, you know, Chernobyl, if you just walk into the basement in Chernobyl, you will get radiation poisoning and you will be dead within a few days. You know, your teeth will fall out and you'll get cancer and all that stuff just from being close. So you don't have to touch it or ingest it from that radiation poisoning. So this stuff is, that's how potent this stuff is. You just got to be close to it. That's it. And that's what these guys, um, this is what these guys would have. They would notice they were uh, having these side, weird side effects and they were losing weight and all this stuff just from working around this stuff. You know, so that's kind of why they got the idea to start taking it for fat loss and they started giving it to housewives and all that stuff back then. Yeah. So, yeah, it's an interesting compound, guys. But guys, I, at the end of the day, you know, why, you know, why, why take this stuff? Why? It's not going to give you, it's not going to give you great fat loss benefits in the short term. And then in the long term, it will give you none. It's not going to keep you, keep you lean. It's not, you're just going to gain it all back because it's destroying your thyroid. Like I told you earlier, it's destroying your thyroid. It's destroying your metabolism. Your bodies are too smart. Your body is smart. It's not going to, it's going to know to shut off your thyroid when you're on this stuff. It's just like taking testosterone. Your pituitary glands get shut down. Well, this stuff will shut down your thyroid the same way. Not smart. And when it comes down to it, guys, you're not going to, you're not developing good habits that can help you change your lifestyle. If you're talking about fat loss, if you're talking about getting leaner, fasting, good, good dieting. I mean, just good diet where you, Spend, you know, stay up extra time on a Sunday night to prepare your meals for the week where you carry and take your food with you everywhere. Just that good, good diet and, and building those habits and learning how to how to eat well and how to prepare good foods and, and killing the hunger through 
intermittent fasting, eating in a small four-hour window. You're developing long-term sustainable habits on top of gaining the short-term fat loss and effects. And not only that, like I said earlier, after about three, four days on a wet fast, the hunger is not as bad as it is in the first day. I mean, especially if you've killed the hunger already, where you've done time-restricted feeding, where you're eating in a small four-hour window, by the time you start doing your water fast, you're not suffering hunger. On DMP, you're going to be hungry all day, every day, for as long as you're on this stuff. I mean, I would... Did you eat? I've never used DMP. I, I guess I knew better than to do that. And I've, I've never had a problem with just maintaining a good, solid diet when, when I know that's my goal. So I haven't had an issue with that. So I never resorted to it. Now, Steve, did you eat while you were on DMP during your cycle? What, what did you eat? What did you have when you took DMP? No, I just ate my regular diet, regular diet to a T. Yeah. Just so so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't that much hungry, but that is one of the side effects, increased hunger. I wasn't that much more hungry, man. It was more to dehydration. I could not, I could not drink enough to dehydrate, to hydrate myself. And that's was- another thing. You're going to take a drug that makes you feel like shit, makes you feel bad. That's poisoning you. And you're going to still eat food during those days. Makes no sense to me. How about you just don't eat the food. You won't be poisoning yourself and you won't be feeling as bad. And then you can water fast. And when you have enough water on a water fast, the water is enough. You're not uncomfortable. You're not sweaty all day. You might be a, a little bit less energetic. If you you know run up a flight of steps um, when you're on a, on a third, fourth day of a water fast, You might feel more tired, a little bit winded than you normally would, but you're not going to feel like shit. You're not going to poison yourself, guys. I don't fucking get it. I guess, look, and again, it goes back to the mental aspect of it that I I wanted to to talk about. I guess if if you fuck up on your diet big time and you don't do the right things with your diet and you have a show coming up or a photo shoot or something interesting, like that, that you need to, that you need to be really looking well for. Then you go and you use DMP to get you up to that, to that show, to that photo shoot. I can understand the urgency and poisoning yourself to get thinner. But again, it goes back to just having some core lifestyle issues that you have to deal with. Why do you, why are you, why do you sign up for a show and that not, not, have the proper diet? Why are you making commitments, time commitments to yourself, slipping on your diet, and then now you're going to have to poison yourself to get there? You know, that there's some some really core lifestyle issues that need to be addressed at that point, that need to be looked into at that point, if, if that's the case you're on. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, and a lot of these bodybuilders, Rick, they overeat, they take a lot of insulin, so, you know, they want to take the DMP to offset that. They obviously take the HGH as well to offset that. So, you know, they'll, they'll run the DMP, but those guys are, at, they're at such a high level. They're already poisoning themselves as it is taking all this stuff. But you as a normal Joe, you don't have to do that. You don't have to torture yourself. And actually, you know, some of the people that I've been, you know, that I've been um, coaching that are competing recently and, you know, I'm, I'm getting them introduce the fasting for the first time i'm getting them fasting into their shows rather than taking the clenbuterol the dmp these nasty the thyroid drugs 
the diuretics. I'm getting them to fast instead. And they're reporting back that they feel so much better. They're not miserable crashing their carbs, crashing their calories. It's just not miserable to fast. And really after it's after the second day, Rick, it's not after the fourth day. It's the second day where you just start losing your hunger. The second or third day at the latest, you start losing your hunger. Once you're in ketosis, you're not going to be hungry anymore. You're not even going to want to see food when, once you hit that deep ketosis. So you're not miserable. The first couple of days is kind of hard, you're, you know, but after that, it's smooth sailing with fasting and the results are permanent. You're not fucking your thyroid. You're not fucking your, your metabolic rate. Your metabolism when you fast stays the same or actually increases and your thyroid when you fast stays the same or actually increases. That's the beauty part of fasting versus crashing carbs and crashing calories and doing these crash diets that don't work long-term because when you do that, your calories out goes down. So if you're getting 2,000 calories in and you're burning 2,000 calories out and you're at maintenance, okay, and you crash your carbs, you crash your calories, guess what? Now you're only bringing in 1,250 calories. You really think that your calories out stays at 2,000? No, your calories out also drops to match that 1,250 that you're bringing in. That's how our bodies work. It's called survival. But when you fast, you drop your calories to zero, and you're not bringing anything in, your body goes with the flight or fight. So your calories out actually stays elevated. And when you come off your fast, your calories out stays elevated versus when you crash your calories or crash your carbs or take DMP or take, you know, and some of these other harsh drugs that crashes your calories out when you come off and your thyroid is, is screwed. When you fast, you're actually boosting your thyroid. You're boosting your organ health across the board. So it's a healthy option. You're getting autophagy. You're recycling cells in your body. So just fast. If you want to be miserable for 10 days and you want to take DMP, I'm urging you, don't take the DMP. Please get rid of it. Get rid of that stuff. Throw it out and fast. Do a water fast instead. You won't be miserable and it's going to be healthy for your body. It's going to be healthy. You'll come out of that fast in the best shape of your life when you come out of that fast versus DMP. Yeah, I mean, it's probably one of the only shows that we've done about a compound where we're just going to tell you guys a bunch of reasons why you shouldn't take it and why you shouldn't mess with it. I think if you're messing with DMP, respect to any of you guys out there, something fucking wrong with you. You know, something wrong with you, seriously. Who needs to lose weight that fast to poison themselves? I mean, that fast, you really need it. Who gets up on gets on a schedule to look your best by a certain date? Then you you fuck up, you fuck around on your diet. No discipline, no self control, no, pre- no preparation, no planning. Now we're just going to take some DMP, risk our lives, just to see what just to get there. I mean, there's something seriously wrong with you if you have to resort to DMP use. And just one more, one more little thing to just. Just give this some thought when you're thinking about why would you use this shit? So you're going to take a fat loss drug for, you know, for a couple of weeks, but you're still going to eat. And this is just not like a normal fat burner that's going to help you curb appetite while you maintain a decent diet and give you some, some good energy. See, when you take like a regular over-the-counter fat burner, the stuff that most you can buy from most supplement companies, 
a good one will usually curb your appetite and give you some additional energy so that you don't feel like shit while you're on a caloric deficit. And then you could eat the right things that things you really need to be eating. And, you know, by the time you get done with that 30 day bottle of an over the counter supplement, you should have developed some decent habits. You should be getting somewhere. DMP, on the other hand, it's not going to give you energy on your caloric deficit. You're going to feel like shit, worn down, tired, lethargic. It's not going to curb appetite. You're going to be, Steve said, hungry like normal or hungrier. A lot of folks I've spoken to, hungrier on DMP. It is not, it is not, uh, it's not conducive to you building good habits and you're still going to eat like normal. I mean, how about you do away with all that shit again? Go back and just don't fucking eat. Water fast. You'll feel better than you do on the DMP. You won't be as hungry as you will be on the DMP. You won't be as sweaty. Won't be as lethargic. Tell you that. Especially if you take some black coffee, green tea, no sugars, no creams, nothing. Just just straight black. On your, during your fast, you'll, you'll get a nice energy boost. You can take a regular fat burner even with, during your fast with water. It'll curve appetite at least the first few days that you need it. It'll give you additional energy so you can focus, get your work done. And you'll feel good. And you're not taking in the calories. You see, you're taking this drug that burns more calories, but then you're going to eat all the same during those days. Makes no sense. Don't take the the poison. Don't take the DMP to poison your body. Don't do that. And then just don't take in the calories. You see? So just wanted to put this out there for you guys uh, on, on, on the whole perspective you know every time the ball kicks the ball gets kicked back to me in this show steve i'm just trying to convince guys over the virtues of just fasting time restricted feeding over taking a fucking poison like dmp to lose body fat man i mean geez i just feel like we'll have some haters come back and say oh you guys never used it you guys don't know what i'm talking about i've used it twice so you can't come at me and rick knows people who've actually died from it he was part of the forum back in the day the admin was involved they came to the offices and stuff. So he's seen firsthand what the stuff can do more than you, you guys out there who want to hate and say, oh, you know, in the, the, I'll be honest with you, over the years, the guys who are pushing DMP on the, on, the, on the forums, these are the guys selling it. These are the guys selling it, trying to convince others it's okay. And then what they'll do, they'll sell the shit out of it, make all their money, because it costs nothing to acquire this stuff. And they make a fortune selling it. And then they disappear after a couple of years. They just disappear off, off the face of the earth because they know that some of their customers that took it are going to have problems with their eyesight. They're going to have problems with their thyroid. They're going to have problems with, with other, other problems. And they're going to possibly yep. die. And they want to they wanna be off the grid when that happens because they are liable and they should be held liable for that shit. That's, you know, that's all I'll say on that. There was a, a guy... Uh, on the forums, I can't believe I can't remember his screen name right now. But the word on the bodybuilding forums was that this guy was over on obesity forums, forums for people who are just really obese and, and they they have a hard time losing weight, uh, trying to educate guys on DMP use and providing sources for them. It's 
it's unfortunate, but DMP has been a, a tool of swindlers, people that want to make a fast buck and they bank on people's desperations, uh, bank on it, on it as, a, as a fast way to lose weight, as a way to kind of lose weight fast and, and just eat whatever you want anyway, because you, you eat normal on it. And, you know, to, to somebody who's already obese because they have no discipline, no self-control, because they maybe uh, use food as, as a crutch for other larger emotional uh, issues that they have going on. For someone like that to be told, hey, take these pills, don't really need a, a, a change in your diet. You'll just be a little bit warm. Uh, take some electrolytes and some water. It, it's probably an easy sell. So, you know the you know you know the difference between fasting and taking. I'll give you the simple. When we're on DMP, you get hot as hell. You get hot as hell. When you fasting, you get cold as hell. Isn't that interesting? Doesn't that prove how beneficial fasting is? That you're getting cold on it. Your thyroid, you know, doesn't shut down like it does on DMP because your body does not react the way it would on DMP because your body temperature is going up, right? And your metabolic rate is going up. So of course your body's hot. So what's your body going to do? It's going to do what it has to do. It's going to retain water and it's going to, it's going to, you know, shut down the thyroid. But when you fast, it's the opposite. Your body goes into flight or fight mode. You get cold and your thyroid goes, goes nuts. When you're on it, because now your body's saying, you know what, you need to go hunt for food. You need to go find food. That's a fight or fight mode when you when you fast. So that's the difference between fasting and DMP. And that shows you the difference health wise between taking a, a, something like DMP and actually fasting. That's that's the difference. Yeah. One thing I want to toss in there. We, we have a lot of guys that are new to fasting that listen to the show. So when I say, hey, you're going to be a little tired on fasting and be this. That's usually for for newbies. Any of you guys out there that have been fasting for a while and done long fasts, you know that energetic, euphoric feeling you get on fasting after you are four, five, six, seven days in. That's, that's that part of your, of your body, of your, of your system, that evolution, that evolution just kind of conditioned to give you that extra energy, give you that extra push you need so that you can go and kill the prey so that you can go and find the food, you know? So yeah, if you're an experienced faster and you're listening to me saying, Hey, you know, you feel run down, you get wind to run up a flight of stairs. You might go break. What the fuck are you talking about? I feel, I feel, I feel energetic. I feel euphoric four or five, six days into my fast, Rick. Well, yeah, but remember new guys who just, have done, you know, three, four, their, their fourth fast, you know, the guy taking his first fast past four or five days. Remember that guy. And he's not going to feel euphoric and, and ready to go and ready to fight and kill the way you and I feel going into those days. And, and that's, that's that part of evolution that allowed humans to survive Something like a huge volcano eruption that chased away many animals, burnt down much vegetation, soiled a bunch of water supply, and you know just ash. And you might might take you might take you days to leave the area of the fallout and, and find suitable drinking water and find prey. You know that or whatever floods, whatever it might be tsunamis. 
which happened many, many ages ago. Tsunami might have came around and everything soiled and fucked up and maybe uh, places you went to drink fresh water are now uh, are now tainted with salt water and you might need to walk with your tribe with your family with the survivors for days until you find suitable sustenance and and that 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 evolutionary trigger to to not to to fasting it's what makes you feel that good euphoric feeling you know a few days in so it's a it's different right for guys that that I know the first few times that I went days, well, that's you to say that, see, because I used to go days uh, on just a, a water diet. Um, but I mean, I was wrestling. So I, just, I think, I I, you know what, Rick, I think it's a rapid transformation. It's a rapid transition from being insulin resistant to insulin sensitive when you fast. Really, if you start doing like time restricted eating daily, it'll take you two or three weeks and then you'll the flip, the flip will happen. The switch will be turned on and then you won't want to go back. So it, it's pretty rapid. It's pretty rapid. I think the, really on a, if you do a prolonged fast, like right off the bat, I don't think that's smart without any guidance. But if you do like a 24 hour fast, 48 hour fast, do the, a couple of those and the switch will go, the switch will go pretty quick. So our bodies will adjust. And what Rick was saying, if you go and study Africa right now with the animals, Africa is a great example because in Africa, you have the rainy season in Central Africa with, with the you know, lions and stuff, the hyenas. You have the rainy season and non-rainy season. During the, the dry season, a lot of much of the, the, the ponds, they all dry up. You know, the, the seasons change and the animals have to adjust. They're not going to eat as much during the dry season and they're not going to drink as much during the dry season. It's going to be much harder to, to survive. But then when the wet season comes, all the animals come back, you know, the gazelles come back, the, the ponds fill it up and they're able to start eating again. So, you know, that's a perfect example that animals in nature are forced to adapt throughout the year. But we as humans, we're, we're just too smart for our own good. We have supermarkets, we have restaurants, we can go get a lobster. If I, if I feel like getting a lobster tomorrow, I can go eat a lobster at, at a restaurant and go to a lobster at the supermarket. But our ancestors, if they wanted lobster, they had to march their ass to the ocean, build build a lobster basket, or they, they'd have to go in the water and try to find a lobster. And they're going to expel all that energy to, to get a lobster, and they may not even succeed at getting a lobster. It may take them 20 tries to get a lobster, or it may take them 100 tries to get a lobster, but they ain't eating a lobster until they do. But we we just got to, you know, you can call up on your phone to Red Lobster right now listen to this and be like, Hey, send me a lobster. Here's my address. Here's 50 bucks. Here's my credit card number. Bring me a lobster. And they bring you a lobster within an hour. So, I mean, we're just too, you know, we're too smart for our own good as, as human beings. And we've gotten into this trap of, 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 you know, uh, this unnatural type of lifestyle. So it all ties into this. And it's the same thing as taking DMP. It's an unnatural lifestyle. Yeah, guys don't use DMP. It's no reason to do it. Have a good, healthy lifestyle. Don't be in a hurry to lose body fat. Nobody should be in that much of a hurry to lose weight that they would use DMP. No one out there. If you're a competitor getting on stage, prepping for a show, well, you should have gave yourself more time and you should have been more strict way further out. Maybe this show is not the one you need to be going to. A lot of boxers have died from being asked to take a big fight at a lower weight class with short, with short notice. 
This happens quite often. You can't, you can't push your body like this. It's just not right. You know, it's one thing if you're a competitor, you've been doing this for a while and you, and you cut down slow over time, very strict cutting down slow over time. I mean, we see that. We, you, we know when you get, when your skin gets paper thin, just you feel like shit. You feel like shit before you have that, that pre-show meal to, to charge you back up. Just going in, going in, you know, before the car, before the load, before the show, before you load up again, feel like shit, but you've planned it, planned it across the, the right proper amount of time. You're, you're doing something to plan this out. Anyone out there that thinks that they are in such a hurry that they would need to take something like DMP. I'll say it again. There's some core lifestyle issues to deal with. And the fact that, you know, you could die from using it and you're still going to fuck with it. And then you also have some mental issues that you need to be dealing with because nobody should be in that much of a hurry to lose fat. And if you are just fat chubby and you want to get rid of it and like all these uh, messages that I, that I get quite often where you're just fed up done with this. Well, where the hell was that motivation on your climb up when you saw the scale or maybe you weren't even stepping on the scale when you saw your tits hanging lower day after day, dude, where the fuck was that motivation? Then you, you weren't worried about it then, huh? As you, as you got fat and climbed up and, and your belly button became more of a cavern every day. And you were, you were just pouring out of your, out of your pants, like a, like a muffin in the oven, pouring out of the pan day after day. But you weren't worried about it then, right? So now you need you want to take a you want to poison yourself to lose body fat fast. What the what the what the? I mean, really, bro? Nah, man. It took you a long time to get fat. Even with fasting, it's gonna take you some patience to get down, some suffering for for days and days and days, weeks and weeks and weeks. Maybe a couple years if you're really that badly overweight where it's impairing your mobility. And the folks like that out there, I'm sure they don't listen to this podcast. That's not our crowd. But you can't do that to yourself. You can't ignore you're getting fat on the way up. And then once you once you really look like shit, now just be in this incredible hurry to get back down. You can't fucking do that. It doesn't work that way. All you're going to do is just ruin your health and you're not building the lifestyle habits, the good core lifestyle habits that you need to maintain any sort of significant weight loss. So just start throwing that out there for you guys. All right, guys, I guess this sums it up. So Steve Smee and Rick, this has been another episode of Evolutionary Radio DNP. Hope you guys learned a lot of the education Went a long way, guys. Um, you don't need DMP to lose weight at all. It's just, it's not a good fat loss compound, okay? I hope we explained it and educated you. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good one. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Stay away from the DMP. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. 
We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.